Welcome to BizBody, everyone. I'm your host, Keith Shimon, and this is episode five. Before we start, make sure that you head over to bizbody.net and check out the BizBody Collective. It is a continued conversation from our episodes, basically it's full of extras. Also, we always appreciate the five-star iTunes reviews. It helps others find the show. Today, we talk with Stacey Earle and Brian Hanna. They are the founders of Muscle Activation San Francisco. We get into what it's like to go from practitioners to business owners and how they started legally with their partnership. They also talk about what they did to build a team of employees and why they chose not to go the independent contractor route. We also dive into some of their HR best practices and how to utilize the help that might be right at your front door. Also, we get into some personal vision exercises that we discuss in a little bit more detail in episode four. So if you want to check that out, it's around 10 minutes and it's just the last episode. So without further ado, the interview with Stacy Earl and Brian Hanna. How long have you guys owned muscle activation? Of San Francisco. Five years in June. There you go. There you go, yeah. Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what do you, what's all housed in, in. Um, Muscle Activation of San Francisco? Uh, well, muscle activation techniques, obviously. Uh, then we have personal training. We have Pilates. And then our leasehold partner is an acupuncturist. Okay. So, so. you guys also like sublet? She's on our lease, and so our lease, so our businesses are separate entities, but she's a leasehold, so she's on our lease partnering with us. Cool. We're in it together. Nice. One of the main things that we wanted to talk about today um, was divisions of labor. And I know a lot of a lot of our listeners they they have partnerships. I mean, how long have you guys known really known each other? Sorry. Um, <laughs> we've known each other for about 10 years. We were practicing at the same place before at a like a corporate gym. And then um, we got to know each other well and our skill sets. And we had a pretty good relationship, which eventually um, spun off into the muscle activation in San Francisco. Do you guys have an LLC? Do you guys have an S-Corp? Like, what do you... It's an LLC, and we file our taxes as an S-Corp. Okay, okay. Absolutely. Tell me about the process of growing as a partnership. I think most of it at the beginning, honestly, was we worked our tails off at the beginning. I would say the first two years we really just worked like a madhouse because our space is really large. And in order to get the location that we wanted and to have showers, it was the only space available. And so it's a bit bigger than what we wanted. And so we had to be able, in order to pay our rent, we had to be able to do a large number of sessions. And so at the beginning, I would say those first two years, it was a lot of work, work, work. And then it became, oh my God, not only are Brian and I here, but at that point we had, you know, six trainers working with us, two Pilates people, and we kind of woke up one day and was like, oh my God, we have a whole entire company that we need to, we need to treat as a company. It's no longer the, it's a great community and everybody's gonna work together and everybody should get along and everybody's gonna one day wash their cups. You know, it, <laughs> and that's anybody who knows MASF knows there's a cup don't washing you, issue. Don't you just throw your cups away? <laughs> Not in California, honey. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, so anyhow, there's th- those sorts of things then began to need, you know, I've always handled more of the, the monetary, the financial aspect of the business. Okay. But then it, de- de- then it definitely became, okay, Brian's going to do facilities. 
you know, I'm still financial. How are we going to grow um, the decision to host an internship so that we could get more specialists to work with? Okay. That was a big thing that, that really catapulted us into a company vision. In the past, we, we talked about having contractors and employees and them going out and trying to, like, fish for themselves, right? Because in many people that, that are in our position, you know, we talk about how hard we work and we, we talk about how we market and how we try to put time together in our vision to be able to have a consistent flow of clients come in and get serviced, right? And as we have um, subcontractors come in or employees come in, I know our expectations at times can be, are you guys going to go out and are you going to learn to fish and going to be able to, to, to get your own clients? And that usually is a frustration point for, for a, lot of, a lot of businesses is if I'm going to do all the marketing and I'm going to get all the people through the door, number one, you got to be able to take care of them. Or number two, I want to make sure it's worth my while. Um, well, part of it is just m mentioning the fact that we're in California. Our labor laws are completely different. They're very, very strict. And so for us, anybody that we wanted to try to mentor with MAT um, and, and help their skills along, we, they had to be employees. So that's one big thing that is a different change for us is that um, no longer were they independent contractors uh, because we want to be able to say, hey, that test might be wrong and we want you to do it correctly. Um, and so from that, that became um, an added expense that some companies, you know, if you can have contractors and you're saving yourself a lot of um, taxes. Yeah, so the way, that we, um, the way that we tackled that in the beginning was we didn't want to have to deal with those things because we weren't prepared and we had no idea how to do that. So we circumvented that by making everybody a contractor. So it's easy. It's like they just show up and pay us. <clears throat> um, and the way that we got around the, the talent and the marketing and all of that stuff was we just made rules and stipulations that we have a minimum and our minimum is 10 sessions a week. Because what we didn't want is like a lot of other studios had 50 trainers that just came in at all God knows what hours and you had no idea what was going on. And we weren't comfortable with that. Yeah. What we wanted to create was a community, which is a much smaller community of people that we liked and that we trusted. And um, by having the that selection process, it weeded out people that weren't the right fit. So we don't have to talk about marketing and we don't have to talk about your skills and all of those things because we've already weeded that out by only allowing certain people in that have already established their own business. They were training at other places and they came looking for us and said, hey, I've already got enough education. I've already got a marketing thing set up. <clears throat> and uh, what we need is a place where I'm going to be surrounded by other people that are working hard, that's in a, a really nice facility and things like that. So that was kind of our way of getting around that because at that time we just, we were so busy with our stuff that we didn't have time to deal with that. Hmm. So I guess my question is, you know, seeing as though that California has all these strict laws, how are you guys kind of, been able to work within the system like do you have an hr person now or did you go out and hire somebody or how did that all come about because i know like even with keith and i now that we're looking at adding to our base of people you know like going out and finding a service that actually provides payroll and hr and i mean it's a whole new can of worms that you know, we weren't accustomed to, and I'm sure that now you guys are finally like learning how to kind of maneuver through, like, how is that, how did you guys figure that out? Um, 
because mm -hmm. I handle more of the financial aspects, I handled that. So all of our trainers and Pilates and instructors right now are contractors. So that's why they had their book of business. And then we, um, with MAT, those people are employees. Um, we're very, extremely fortunate that uh, I have a client that is an attorney um, and she, her business is all leases. So she's written all of our contracts for us. Nice. So we were lucky and she did it, you know, hey, I, I love you guys. I want to help you out. So our contracts are spotless for everything that we need. She happens to be married to an employment attorney. <laughs> and you have the right fans. <laughs> we do. That's right. And so <clears throat> I had a few conversations with um, our employment attorney about what we might need to do. And he was the one who really said, do not take a chance on this, yeah. employees. Because if they come back and they sue you, it will sink your company. And he yeah. was very... And, and I mean, both Brian and I had also gotten checks from our previous company when they had gotten sued. You know, mm -hmm. I received a $3,000 check. He received a $3,000 check. Do the math in your head, and that's too much. Yeah. Um, with payroll, it's actually way easier, I think, than people realize. If you're willing, um, not to pay a little bit more, but the company ADP, for example, that's mm. who we use. It's a one-stop shop for a smaller company like us. We use a program called RUN. It's extremely easy mm -hmm. to follow. Um, they take care of all of the payroll taxes. Um, they do all of that as auto-debited. So I don't have to sit there and write a check to the government and worry about it. Did I, did I dot that I or mm -hmm. did my decimal cross? Mm -hmm. They do all of that for mm -hmm. us. They take care of the extra tax at the end of the year, give us warnings about that. Um, it computes our, our sick time, our PTO time yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, and you can finagle that system to, to do how much or how little PTO you want. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to be offering health benefits. Uh, and so we will have That's them awesome. do our health benefits as well. Yeah. And again, we might be paying a little bit more, but again, it's I don't, done right. It's done right, but also peace of mind. Well, yes. And also, the last time I checked, I'm an RX specialist. I don't want to be also being the, HR the an HR specialist, right? And <laughs> yeah, they have a yeah. ton of different things that they can sell you as well, but that basic prop, you know, thing works. Um, and and then, if you don't mind me asking, mm -hmm. like we, we, we looked at a company called Paychex, who is also mm -hmm. like a, a small business mm -hmm. style HR solution. Like what, like uh, number one, like how many people do you have underneath it? And like, what is the, what is the kind of cost range that you, that you even should look at? Um, okay, well, one thing I can tell you, I don't know if paychecks is run this way, but ADP for sure, you want a referral. And they have all these referral bonuses. Mm -hmm. It is very sales-oriented. And so if paychecks is run that way, you want to talk to somebody and have them call mm -hmm. their person and get this referral. Like, I, we got this referral bonus, and I think we got 40% off of what we pay. Hmm. And I think it's $60 for them to run the payroll and then a certain amount per paycheck. It's not very much money. Yeah, like yeah. I looked at it and was like, done. Yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't, it was so easy. It was not even a, it doesn't even add up to the, it doesn't even add up to one hour of what I charge. When we were looking at paychecks and you know, it's like, was that $61 per payroll cycle? Yeah. It's like, so anytime you, anytime with paychecks, anytime you cut a check, so if yes, you have like one through five employees, it's, mm -hmm. you know, if you do bi-monthly, so mm -hmm. it's, it's a set fee, it's like 61 bucks mm -hmm. to have them direct deposit. You know, they take, like you said, they take all the taxes. Mm -hmm. um, you can actually get your unemployment um, yes. tax and disability through mm -hmm. them as well, where they'll do it per employee, which mm -hmm. is kind of nice. So you don't have to like 
pay a ton of extra money for something you might not even use. Um, you know, and it, I think it was like 61 something, right? Yeah. Per, so we're basically paying $122 a month to be able to cut yes. paychecks every two weeks. As you go, if you need benefits, you know, you'll, you'll add in for benefits and whatnot. I don't know, does ADP, mm-hmm. like how does ADP work for, for those segments? Is it kind of like a la carte kind of thing? Or? It is a la carte. Um, of course, they're going to offer you every service they have. <laughs> it's the, pl- ju- the platinum it's, package. It's just like a bank. You know, and I think that they, I've counted up six services, right? And they will from time to time try to offer us all of them. And so we just, you know, I'm very firm with that. Not right now. Yeah. You know, they tried to sell us this big HR package and I was like, Oh, we've, uh-uh. we got that pitch. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, like getting a car, renting a car. It's like, would you like collisions? I'm like, no. Would you like to have um, gas refilled? No. Do you want to be the smiling person on the camera? No, 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 no. no. Yeah. Okay, would you like an SUV instead? I'll upgrade you. I'm like, how'd you just do that? Right. How did that happen? Yeah. Well, even when I asked them for the, um, that we wanted to yeah. offer health insurance, uh, then they came with this other push for this big HR package. And I was like, mm-hmm. just because I'm offering health insurance doesn't mean I'm big Right. Yeah, they yeah. actually think that we're crazy for wanting to ha- add health insurance for the amount of hours that people are working. Mm-hmm. But healthcare care isn't expensive, you know, and we understand that the stage that, that we're at right now with with bond activation, what we're doing, you know, we're, when somebody tells you, hey, look, this is the way that companies can be run and you want to be doing it right from the start. It's hard to. Again, when you don't know what you don't know kind of thing, all of a sudden become overwhelmed. And all of a sudden you're like, well, what do I really need out of this? And be able to take a step back and be like, okay, where is this going to go? So with, with that being said, with the HR solutions, right, what are you guys really focusing on? What are like your HR staples right mm-hmm. now? So we have a handbook that every employee gets in all of the state of California mandates. You know, so there, and so those are all... There's a lot of things like um, paid family leave that even though we're such a small company, we don't have to offer it, but we have to give these handouts. So those things are electronic, and we share, we use Google Enterprise. um, So Google is basically our email system. Um, And so that's another HR thing that we we chose to do so that everybody has a muscle activation SF um, email. It's affordable. It's $4 a month. Um, But the main thing is, is that we have all of the communication that anyone has ever sent is in-house. Hmm. Anybody who's an employee, they have to use their employee email address. Yeah. And that was made um, after a bad hire that was made clear to us, again, by our employment attorney. Hey, yo, get on the, get on the horse with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the aspect of um, having all of those things on a Google Drive, we can just share them. Um, everybody has their handbook. They have to sign the handbook. Um, anytime we hire someone, an employee, it's an official offer letter. Mm-hmm. You know, so it states everything, the hours, um, we don't, we don't necessarily always have a dress code on there, but the hours, the nature of the job, um, paid holidays are already in the handbook, but also, um, you know, you need to reply by X date. And so that's all in there. Hmm. Um, we send out a monthly email and that goes out to everyone at the studio. So it doesn't matter if they're a contractor or an employee and we alternate writing that to update them rather than send them these little tiny emails. We try to wait and do one monthly email Nice. and they have to respond that they've read it. Um, and then other than that, I'm not sure that there's big HR things 
that we're doing other than we well, have, you sounds know. Sounds like a lot so far. That, I mean, you mentioned upon it just a couple seconds ago, a bad hire. Mm-hmm. You guys have, have been through that. What are some of the things that, like some of the biggest lessons, especially Brian, like that you learned from from this scenario that, that people can try to help protect themselves by doing? So when we, um, <clears throat> we had sent out a job posting through Craigslist and we had a whole bunch of people reply and this one person stood out um, because of their technical qualifications. They wrote on there that they had these that had a degree and they had this background and this experience. And the thing that, that was the thing that attracted us to picking this person over everybody else. Um, so we had them come in and we talked to them and they were very charismatic and they said, hey, look, I can do all these things. And it was music to our ears. It was everything that we'd ever wanted to hear. Because as you were kind of talking about this earlier, how'd you guys figure out the division of labor? Mm -hmm. Well, we both have skills, right? Things that we're really good at. Like I'm good at communicating with people and networking with people and things like that. Um, Stacey's really good. She's, um, She's very consistent and timely and good at getting things done on time. Um, you know, we're both pretty good with money in our personal lives, but she's very consistent and I tend not to be. So we chose to have her doing the payroll and all those things because you can't make mistakes. You can't, you know, um, but when we came up with the division of labor thing, it came up, um, what we did is we actually sat down for, for, um, we actually were kind of co-editing a document and we wrote down what are all the things that a successful business needs to do. And there was like, okay, we got to maintain the place. So there was the facilities thing. Well, I have a construction background. I'm pretty good with facilities. I was like, okay, I'll take that. Um, she was pretty good with the business thing. And that's a huge thing. So I kind of took some, a, a bunch of other little things and kind of manage a lot of other um, things because she has to spend so much time on the business part of it. Well, it came up as a marketing thing. And neither one of us are good at marketing. I mean, we're just, we, we try to be really good at what we do and it kind of sells itself. Yeah. But, yeah. but we didn't really, like, I don't know how to do social media or print ad marketing or all this other stuff. Copy, yeah. Uh, and stuff. both of us wanted to throw up in our mouth when we thought about actually being the person that did that for the company. Like, we didn't want to do that. Isn't I it, just want to see isn't, clients. Isn't that amazing, though, how trying to get a real message, how difficult it is? Because we've been marketed to so poorly in the past that you don't even want to be associated with bad marketing at all. <laughs> I can't remember how many times I look at like our website and be like, oh, that was me. Oh, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> yeah, Brandon, I did that. But you're getting better. <laughs> so this thing came up. <clears throat> we were talking about, we, we obviously have strengths and okay, so I'm going to jump on this. I'm going to jump on this. And we were reasonably excited about, oh, I can handle that and do my clients. And there were just some things that we just, neither of us could do well and we could figure it out um, because we're reasonably capable and there were some things we just didn't want to do well this person came in and they said hey i can do all those things it was the perfect match it was amazing and we got so excited and and i think that both of us didn't really vet the person as much as we could have because we were just hoping that they could actually do all that stuff we were begging for anybody to do that you know um so what we did not do was we did not check the references on their education. We didn't check their employment references, which may have told us some things had come up, you know. Um, and and some companies will do like a trial period where they're like, hey, work for 30 days or we'll see if it's fit or how it goes. And, and I'm not sure how that works like legally. Probation. Quotes. You're on yeah. probation. <laughs> I'm sure that there's a way to do that legally, you know. Um, but I think it's important for everybody involved that it's a good fit so that people don't get frustrated. This ended up being a very frustrating situation for everyone because I think everybody wanted it to be great and it was an absolute disaster that what happened with this thing. Um, 
So it turns out that as it went on, that was just like this person said that they could do some things and we didn't find them doing that particularly well. And, and it just was a terrible fit. And, and we take the responsibility because there was so much more we could have done. You know, I think that we tend to be pretty trusting people and mm-hmm. we're very honest yeah. and we work really hard and I don't say I can do stuff that I can't do. I'm like very specific about the things that I can do and that I'm good at. Yeah. Um, and there's other stuff that I'll be the first guy to just say like, I could probably figure that out, but it's not really, you know, it's not my jam. That's not what I do. So it's going to take some time. Yeah, exactly. And so the, I was thinking earlier about the concept um, that I, a million people have talked about in, you know, podcasts and books and whatnot called leveraging. And what you're trying to do is figure out what are you really good at and make sure that you spend most of your time crushing those things because you're super good at it. Right. And then what we tried to do, what I think was a, a very good thing that we did early on in the business is we figured out what we weren't that good at. And we went on and on trying to find the right person to do those things, to fill those gaps that love it. Um, so we had a situation that came up with, with this person ended up, they weren't happy. They didn't feel like they were effective. We all didn't really get along very well and just nothing. It never materialized into anything for either one of us, which was disappointing. Cause I think we both kind of wasted a bunch of time. Um, but after, um, after that happened, we were able to move on to somebody else. Same thing. They come in, say all the right things. And we're like, Oh, here we go again. Right. (laughs) Um, and, but that person did those things and they were amazing and we got along really well and it was super awesome. That's the person we have now. Nice. Um, so that actually did end up becoming what it seemed like it was, you know, had the potential to become. So, so did you learn something within this new vetting process that you did different from the first time to, to like, help the percentages of trying to weed out the people that weren't as good. Kind of like you talked about practitioners. I, I, my gut, I will, I, there has been, it's been time and time again that anything that's really gone wrong with our business has been my, my guts off and I haven't said something. And And I feel the same way too. Woman's intuition. You got to listen to it. it, it well, your woman's intuition, you should listen to as well. I listen to my wife. Um, and, yeah, all the all time. The, and I mean, and that is a little bit of a, um, that's a pattern of behavior that I have where I'll have something that I, I should be saying and I will think that he can read my mind and he can't read my mind. Hmm. And it's something that I'm aware of now, especially. Um, and so, yeah, look, we talked about just earlier, well, like before we started recording, when you were like, when I walk into a room and if something's off, yeah, you know, that, that was, that was a really interesting comment mm-hmm. at, and, and like, yeah, can you expound upon that? Like the, that whole, yeah. Cause scenario? I think the other thing is my gut for me. And then my, the other thing is, is that my relationship has to be with Brian has to be number one and his relationship has to, with me has to be number one. And if anything is in the middle of that we can't run our business. Mm-hmm. And so if some, you know, and, and that's difficult because now we have had to put on the big girl panties and be mm-hmm. bosses. And we're not chummy with people that we used to be chummy with. Yeah. You know, yeah. or um, uh, if something isn't, if I don't feel a certain thing from Brian and, and by that is just kind of like, God, there's something off. Mm-hmm. And I pick up on it very, very quickly. And I'll be hounding him. I'll be texting him, replying to emails, what's going on? There's something going on. Like mm-hmm. we got to talk, we got to, you know, and one thing that we realized is honestly, we need time to talk. We yeah. need time not seeing clients and not talking about business mm-hmm. to do lists. And we just have to just talk as two human beings Yeah. because otherwise I am 
I'm not understanding how his, how his day is even going, right? So how the hell am I going to have, you know, be compassionate for whatever state of mind he's in? Sounds like a marriage. You know, it is. We've realized that, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's something that we have realized that we, we have to spend time on, Yeah. you know? And no. that's the only way that we can move forward. So if there's anything that's <clears throat> off, um, I'm hopping on it. You it's, know? Funny, it's funny you say that, though, because my wife considers Keith her second husband. <laughs> because we're literally around each other all the time. And, you know, when we're together, we can't help but talking about business because mm-hmm. we don't take that time, you know, like to carve out time where him and I just talk about things. So it tends to happen when we're around other people, namely our families. And I'm sure his wife says the same thing. It's like, do you guys ever talk about anything outside of business? And it's like, <laughs> yes, we do. But my name is Peggy. But, <laughs> but at the same time, it's, you know, like I can totally understand what you're saying because you get wrapped up in your stuff, right? And you get busy with your stuff mm-hmm. and you don't tend to take the time to see what your business partner is going through or, you know, how things are going with him from a business perspective or family, right? Like now that we, you know, now that I have a daughter, it's totally changed. Like your compassion level. Oh, for sure. Like, and the fact that like she sleeps, she's been sleeping through the night since she was born. I mean, like that's that's not real. It's not real. It's like a fake baby. And she's beautiful too. It's called the first baby. It's like babies aren't supposed to be that cute, right? They're like, come on, like like all of us are supposed to be like, oh, our babies are so cute. And then you look back at the picture and you're like all pimply and then like a cradle cap. And you're like, well, shoot, that that baby is not that that cute. And then his baby is like really cute. And you're just like, like, what? (laughs) How does it happen? She's a baby model. (laughs) Send her off to Gap. Yeah. Baby camp. But no, like, I think, you know, for us, you know, this has been a, a big growing experience for us, you know, because where we started versus where we are now, our vision for our company has completely changed, like, 180 degrees, easily. Um, and, you know, listen to you guys talk, you know, because we've had this opportunity to talk several times now that we've been in Denver together, you know, your guys' vision for things have changed mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, it's just good to get other people's perspective on, on the things that they struggle with because we struggle with things every day. We struggle with decisions and stuff. And, and I think like what helps or could help other people out there is just understanding like, what are the things that we can go out and do and people that we can find to help us do the things like Brian said that we're not good at, like, I'm really good at certain things. I'm, we're practitioners first, right? That's, that's how we started in this business but now we're business owners. And really that actually supersedes the practitioner because if we don't learn how to run our business, there is no practitioner. Like now we're, you know, there's no business. We have to go back to doing what we were doing before. And there was a reason why we left that situation in the first place. So, you know, I think for us, the idea of taking ourselves out of practitioner mode and more into business person mode has been a real change for us. And understanding the things that we can do versus the things that we can't and the things that we can't, we got to find somebody that can help us so that, you know, number one, they run smoothly, but number two, we don't get ourselves into trouble. Like you were talking about with the different laws that are in California versus the different laws in Wisconsin. Right. There, there are no laws in Wisconsin. You can just do whatever you want. It's like, it's like everything, everything. Yeah. (laughs) Well, another thing that I've struggled with and I think Brian struggles with as well is that, um, 
I don't give enough credit to the brain time that I spend working on the business or developing other mm. aspects because I can't see the monetary application of them. Yeah. So for example, you know, I, you know, my, my rate is a certain rate and that's a monetary thing that I know I did 55 minutes of work and it was worth that versus if, um, for example, I wrote an email to a doctor I can send, or Brian can send, one email to this specific physician with an update, income three more clients. Now that is well worth the 15 yeah. minute look mm -hmm. through the chart, update them. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I did a, um, a handout for exercise during pregnancy with an obstetrics group. It got me in for another lunch. I had seven physicians, you know, that I could talk to. It's now on their website. It's gonna be on their blog. And so that, that amount of time, now granted, it took me time. Yeah, it's a chain reaction. But, and so that is something I've had to wrap my head around, is that my brain is useful in other ways than my fingertips. Yeah, leverage, you know, like you talked about before, is like finding your, your biggest focal point and like taking that crowbar and, and starting the inertial effects of what is possible. You know, that is not, that's not something that most of us are used to. You're used to just doing your work being done and going home. And that's, how, and that's how you're, we're going to get the business for other specialists that we employ isn't by me doing another session. It's really by getting doctors to refer more clients to us. So is it, is so it hard, is it hard for off. you to, to like <clears throat> come to terms with that personally, or is it, is it just more of like a, a realization? When am I going to take the, the plunge into like my time for this versus setting aside time for that? I think that I kept on hoping that it would just magically happen. <laughs> um, and now I'm blocking off. It seems every other week I'm blocking off uh, four-hour blocks. Cool. Really cool. Really cool. Yeah. Uh, I guess to, to kind of wrap things up today, what is one thing that someone can do like today in order to help out their current situation if they are starting with employees? If, if they're thinking about actually having a team, what would be the very first thing that you guys would do? As we stare at each other. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, you're first. You're um, the very first thing that they can do, uh, hire slow. Yeah. Hire really, really slow and don't necessarily hire your friends. I would say I agree with that. I think there's the concept of hire slow and fire fast, right? To make sure you have the right thing, the right team. But kind of, I think, Keith, to your point earlier, you were mentioning what, well, I'll just say what I was thinking. What I would do is I would get a much better relationship. I would carve out the time to get a better relationship with myself. Yeah. And with my partner, because... What we both did, we went to an actual retreat, a week-long retreat, and did this whole thing about um, trying to get a better understanding, like a handle of who you are and what you're about, like at your core, at your foundation. Um, and that I think to some people will probably sound overwhelming, but it's actually not that hard because yeah. I, I did it. And if I did it, I promise you, you can do it. Your wife's been trying for like years. It's like, we could just go to this retreat with me. They're like your business partner's like, you want to go to this retreat? Hey, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. She's like, damn it. In all fairness, he didn't really know everything about it, but he went with no questions asked. He was like, yeah, I'm going. How come so. this piece, piece of paper has so many black lines through it? <laughs> so what I was um, going to say is I think that 
you can't know who you're supposed to hire. You don't, don't know what's important for your company unless you know what's important to you. And you have to spend time on that. You have to like literally we carve out time and you can do it. Like we'll just take off in the middle of the day, like at 9 a.m. We'll go to the coffee shop and go do a meditation and just say like she'll tell me that something's off and it's like there's a resentment in me or a frustration or sometimes I get in a fight with my mom and I'm all like not connected and messed up afterwards. And, you know, things things come up. And I think that people have never learned how to understand what's important to them and who they really are at their core. Because the thing that Stacey and I found is that as we kind of dug deeper into ourselves, there were core values that we both share that are really important, which is what we knew was in there, why we wanted to be partners together. Cause I mm-hmm. knew that she was really honest and that's something that's very important to me, right? Mm-hmm. That's trust is a huge thing for her. Yeah. So that's something that we have to have. So you have to find those things for yourself and for your partner. And some of it's going to differ. You have to understand what's important to them. Um, and to yourself. And that actually for us, we're actually right now going through a little bit of a rebranding, as we've learned more about that in the last year, when it came up with our, um, we had our lease negotiations happen in November, we were on a five-year lease and we just renegotiated to extend our lease. Um, we really had to figure out what was important to us and, and what are we doing? What are we trying to build and Sounds all familiar. of that stuff, you know? <laughs> uh, but you got to get really deep and it requires a lot of, like we both follow Brene Brown who does a lot yeah, of um, yeah. vulnerability work and compassion and you got to get honest with yourself and with your partner. And that is what, if you figure out who you are and what you're about, that's what your company should also be about. That's going to be the foundation of it. And from there, I think that everything else happens really by itself. You, you already attract the right people just because the marketing you put out, when you say, this is what my company does and here's how we work with people, it comes from a really honest place and you're going to ward off the people you don't want. If somebody's here, like we don't do a quick fix. We make lo- lasting change for a lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a totally different message than other people are putting out. So people are going to come here and be like, what? I'm going to be there forever? I'm out. <laughs> And that's exactly what we want. Like, I don't yeah. even want to have a conversation with a guy because I waste my time, right? Yeah. So I think that if you can figure out what that foundation is, that the foundation makes so many things easier that you actually attract the right people and you repel the wrong people and your marketing kind of sells itself because it's, you know, coming from a, like a true, genuine place. So no. that's what I would say. That was, that's, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Brandon, we were talking about this earlier. It's like most of the stuff that ends up going wrong tends to be magnifications of the stuff that you don't really know about yourself that just kind of pop up later. And you're like, oh, wait, that's really me. And like, oh, crap, that I, I didn't know that about myself. And now I know about it. Now it's coming back to hurt me, right? As much as we want to make fun of the fact that, you know, this is, we make fun of it, this is a marriage. It really is. Like, it really comes down to, you know, communicating with your partner and communicating, you know, things that bother you, things that you're concerned about. And, you know, the more I, I keep those things in or he keeps those things in, the more it actually hurts our business, you know. And I think, you know, as much as you don't want to keep things from your spouse, you can't keep things from your business partner either because if you do, it only ends up affecting the company in general. And I think, like, listen to you guys talk about these things, you know, and the struggle that you guys have had and the way you've kind of worked through them, like, you know, I'm sitting over here like we've had to do the same thing. Like we've had mm-hmm. the same kind of growing pains like that we've had to go through being really good friends to being business partners because those, are, those aren't the same thing. Like, no, you know, and sometimes you have to separate the fact that, hey, this is your best friend or this is your really good friend versus 
this is your business partner. Like, and not taking things personal when, you know, things frustrate you or things aren't going, you know, the way you think they should. And being able to tell that person that without feeling that you're going to hurt your friend's feelings. You know, it's like, no, this is my business partner. He needs to know this stuff or this is not going to be good for our business. And so it's, it's refreshing to hear that, you know, when you guys talk about this stuff that you've guys kind of gone through the same thing. And I'm sure people out there are going through the same thing, you know, as well. It's like, you got to communicate, you got to talk to your business partner. If something's bothering you. It's, it's got to be on the forefront of what you guys are doing. Yeah. And in one of, um, I think it's rising greatly. Renee Brown tells this kind of funny story about being at a bank and uh, the scenario that happens and the bank teller, she's irritated with something and the bank teller says, you know, sometimes people are just doing the best they can. And that is something that after our Hoffman retreat that we did, I don't know that I actually got that in life. Like Mm -hmm. if there was something going wrong and some sort of friction between Brian and I, I would just be mad, right? Instead of being able to look and going, God, man, he's doing the best he can. Mm-hmm. And whatever that is today, I know it's his best versus going into it being pissed. And there, those That's are a two... a great way to think of it. I, I, you know? Yeah, I, that would be a great lesson for me. <laughs> and in so much that that's, you know, I, I do these daily affirmations and one of the affirmations is mm-hmm. I'm doing the best I can. And then I go through that my husband is, Brian's doing the best he can, I name my children that they're doing the best they can. And that's really like whenever I start to get, you know, kind of hijacked into that, oh, you should just, if I, whatever, you know, anytime I, I want to get down there, it's like, no, they're doing the best they can. Mm-hmm. Because it's a great lesson. Who the hell, I, man, his commute into work could have been bad. And maybe that's why he didn't do something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easier said than done, yeah. but it is something that I'm constantly reminding. And, and I think that that's something that if you're in a partnership, you well, got it. That's the thing about the partnership that's different. You know, you, you brought something up, though. It's like Louis C.K. said something that was really hilarious, right? And he's like, you know. Because he's Louis C.K. Yeah, of course, right? Because he, he doesn't know any other speed, right? It's, <laughs> it's like it's all, it's all or nothing. And he said that, like, wives, they, they care and moms care about 200%. Dads are like right around forty to sixty percent tops. <laughs> so I don't know about the husband thing about like doing the best he can. Like we have, we have a little bit more that we can do that we may just not be ready for, like the two hundred percent of Momville. Okay, <laughs> you got to set expectations. It's like, that way you can blow them out of the water. Yeah. This is all I have to give, baby. Fifty percent seems like a hundred. When you go to a hundred, you're yeah. killing it. You're yeah. just absolutely killing it. I can't maintain this level. I don't know. I got a pretty awesome husband maybe you guys need to you guys can interview him figure out how the hell he does it because honestly sometimes i don't know our husband is gonna step up well well, brandon i don't know i think we'll be fine as long as my wife never meets your husband exactly (laughs) as long as she's never a fan of tech podcast she will never know who he is if people wanted to find you guys and muscle activation of san francisco where can they reach you guys um we have a website it's um muscleactivationsf.com so you can go there, and it has our email and phone number and all that stuff on there and talks about the company. Any social media that you guys prefer? Um, we have a Facebook account, and we do... Um, LinkedIn. We actually do a lot of LinkedIn stuff. Okay. Um, and we have an Instagram account, and um, we are in a 
point right now where we we post for a while and then we don't because we get you know different things this lease thing came up and so um it's something that we have that's something we haven't done done particularly well that we're yeah. trying to find a solution for so yeah um you know we spend some time on there but it, it also it's not something that for us we don't find it to attract the kind of clients that we want got it so the whole leveraging thing we kind of went like mm, if we're going to spend our time like Stacey said i could spend 15 minutes writing an email to a doctor or we went to like this thing at um, ucsf the other day and met with you know doctors that are referring people out all the time we want to get those guys on board so it's the leveraging thing so cool. we're on there and we post occasionally but um i think mostly using other platforms for that awesome awesome well thank you guys for being on the show today and um, we'll see you guys next time all right, all right. Thank thanks you. thanks brandon